Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas, Yoradea, Chelek Sheni, Hilchas Orla, Halacha Hei, Paragraph Yud Tes, and we're in the middle of the paragraph by the words Vizeh Shepirish Rashi Betchilas Parshas Tazria. We dedicate the learning today, Le'ilu Nishmas Yosefa Bas Reb Chaim, whose yard site is today on the 8th of Teves, and Le'ilu Nishmas Reb Eliezer Reb Nasan Yaakov, Yentefradl Bas Reb Yishayeh, Harini Kaporas Mishkovam, and Zahavaleya Bas Reb Avrom, Tzibka Bas Reb Hillel, and all those that need an Aliyah's Neshama, and for a complete refuah Shalema for all those that need it, Including Chaviva Chana Baskalia, Rochel Baskalia, Nainachama Baskalia, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Avivilana Basius Bendel, Sarochel Basius Bendel, David ben Behia, Shendel Baslea, Yehudis Ruchama Bas Chavarus, Sor Yehudis Basora, Gitaganendel Basipoira, the Balea Basipoira, Michal Sora Bas Hadassah, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Dovid Leib Ben Shena, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Fruma Bas Ganesa, Avivachaya Bas Esther Mindel, <coughs> Shlomo Ben Rivka Sprinza, Leib Ben Jenya, Yerachmiel Avram Archavia ben Dvoira, Malki Hindel bas Kreindel, Besoich Shar Choyli Yisrael. Now, Rav Nosenzal is speaking based on chapter 14 on the Kutimran, which elaborates on the topic of humility versus Gaiva. Vezeh Shepirish Rashi Betchilas Parshas Tazria. Based on what we've been learning till now, we can understand what Rashi points out in the beginning of Parsha's Tazria, that in the Parsha before that, in Parsha Shmini, the Torah discussed all the laws of Tumah and Tahara, of all the animals and birds and reptiles. And after we finish with all of them, then in Parsha's Tazria, it begins to discuss the laws of Tumah and Tahara of human beings. So Rashi quotes the Medrash that says, Omar Rabbi Simloi, Kishem Shiyitzirosoi Shalodom, Hu Achar Kol Behema Vchayavoif, Kach Toirosoi Nisparsha, Achar Kol Chayavoif. Just as when man was created, man was created after everything else, all the way at the end of creation so too when the Torah defines the laws, the Torah about man, it does it after first describing all the laws related to all the other, all the behemoths, chayes, and oifos. Ki yitzirosoi shalotom hoya achar kol yitziras behema. Because man was created after all the animals and birds and reptiles hu bishvil bechina anal. And it was based on what we've been learning about before, in order that man should suppress any feelings of arrogance, 
and thereby and thereby be able to serve Hashem properly and study Torah properly. Because it's impossible for a person to achieve a true understanding of Torah and to fulfill the Torah and to serve Hashem properly and to do tshuva and good deeds, each and every person on whatever level they're on, until the person first eliminates all arrogance and haughtiness. And this is the reason why man was created all the way at the end, last. As the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, that man was created all the way at the end of creation, after everything else had already been created, in order that man should be able to go into a meal immediately. It's like a person coming to a hall, a wedding hall, or a banquet, and everything is prepared. Everything is ready for them, 100% ready. Hashem wanted the world to be completely ready for man. That the moment man came into existence, he's got everything, everything he needs to be able to serve Hashem. That's one explanation. The second explanation is, the second reason why man was created last is, that if a person will ever want to be arrogant and think he's big, they'll tell the person, a fly, a mosquito was created before you. So don't be such a big shot. You're the last. And now Rav Nosenzal is going to show how these two reasons go together beautifully. The reason why Hashem created man is so that man would study Torah and serve Hashem throughout with our whole life. And that's why we were created last, so that we should be able to enter right away into a full meal that's prepared. So that everything is prepared for us completely, whatever we need in order to be able to live and to have harchova sadas, expansive thinking, and all of the tools that we need to be able to, to achieve recognition of Hashem. Everything was prepared for us before we were created. And therefore, everything else was created before the sixth day of creation. And man was created on the sixth day of creation, on Friday, close to Shabbos, after everything had already been created and prepared for man. Everything is laid out and ready for him. So that man should be able to enter into the Shabbos meal immediately. 
And man would not have to wait and go through any type of confusion or any type of, 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 of thinking, figuring things out. But rather, so that man could engage in the Shabbos meal immediately. What do we mean by the Shabbos meal? That man would be able to start immediately serving Hashem. That's what the Shabbos meal is really all about. When we talk about the Shabbos meal, we're really referring here to the meal that Sadiqim will get in the future, when the world will go into Shabbos mode. We know the world is created to last a maximum of 6,000 years. And Odom Arishon was supposed to be ready to enter into that Shabbos mode, into Olam Haba mode, immediately if he would have fulfilled Hashem's commandment regarding the Eitz Hadas. And that's why the Medrash says there, Dovarachar, the second reason why man was created last is, that if he'll want to be arrogant, we tell him, a mosquito was created before you. A mosquito came before you. Meaning, what's the message here? The message is, even if man has everything he needs laid out for him, so he doesn't have to work, he doesn't have to make any preparation. Everything has already been prepared for him completely. Like we said before, during the six days of grace, five days before, everything was created. And the person has all the wealth of the world. Still, the person, I'm sorry, we skipped that line. The per, a person cannot achieve that holy meal unless the person has real humility. That's a critical prerequisite in order to be zeichet to Torah and to serve Hashem. But the moment the person will want to be arrogant, we tell him, Yitush Kodomach. The, the, the mosquito came before you. Ki oz hu rodui lifnehem. Lifnei kol behema v'chayeva oif. Because if a person is arrogant, he becomes subservient to everything else, to all the animals and domesticated, non-domesticated animals, birds. Kamayisham Rabbi Senuzal, as it says in the Medrash, when Hashem said to Adam Arishan, Uridu, Bekerev Oretz, Uridu, the Medrash says, Zoho Roidebohem. If man lives a proper life, then he rules over everything else. Everything else is subservient to him. Loi Zoho, Nase Yorud Lefnehem. And if man is not Zoho to do the right thing, then he becomes underneath, beneath the, the power of all these other creations.
And the same thing applies to every single person now. There are people to whom Hashem gives them wealth and clothing. They have everything. So that this person could get a feeling that everything was created for me. I have everything. Who came. And, and it really is true. Because Hashem did create everything else in the world for the sake of man, to enable us to, to live a proper life. So that we should have the privilege of entering into the Suda in Olam Haba. How? By living a proper life of Torah and Mitzvahs. So that man will live a real proper life of serving Hashem and thereby be zeichet to that awesome meal of the future that's, that, that's reserved for tzaddikim. However, every single person on their level cannot achieve this success unless the person has real, genuine humility. The moment the person gets arrogant and he starts feeling like a big shot, we lower him. We tell him, A mosquito is before you. So therefore what we understand from these two reasons in the Medrash, putting it all together is that the reason why man was created all the way at the end, after everything, is to keep us humble. To know that we're the last ones on the totem pole, in order that that will enable us to be zeichet to live a Jewish, a real Jewish, holy life of Torah, Avoida, Mitzvah, Mais, and Toivim, and thereby be zeichet to the to the Suda that will see that everything was created just for us. And this is what the Torah hints to us in Parshas Tazria. In the beginning, that, that it mentions the, the laws of, of human beings and it refers to when a, when a child is born. It's speaking there about a child being born. Which is similar to the original creation of man. Because when a child is born, a new child, a new human being is coming out into the world. So this is similar to what Hashem did in the beginning with Adam Arishon. And the Torah first starts discussing the laws of a baby, a human baby being born after it has already discussed in the previous parsha all the laws about when an animal is born and when a bird is born, you know, all, all the other things. Loimar to tell us, just like when Hashem originally created man, 
He created man after having already created which is in order that we should always remember to be humble so to the Torah of man, the Torah which expounds on the laws of man is also listed after the Torah of because it's really one concept. This that man originally was created by Hashem all the way at the end it's for this purpose so that human beings will be to a Torah way of life how? through humility by remembering that we were created last and therefore the Torah of man, the Torah that discusses the laws of man, is also written at the end, after the Torah of all other things. So that we should be to Torah through humility, by remembering that we were created last. By seeing that our laws are mentioned last, it, it, it reminds us that we were created last, which keeps me humble. And that's why the Torah expounds on the laws of Tuma and Tara when a human baby is born, a boy or a girl, at the end. Just like in creation, way back in Bereshis, man is also created last. Because Hashem creating us originally at the end was also for the sake of Torah. Because a human being can't really achieve a proper understanding of Torah and fulfillment of Torah without real humility. And that's why Hashem created human beings last. And that also explains why the laws of skin diseases and all of those things are mentioned right in that area, like we mentioned in the previous year. In Parshas, uh, uh, in Parshas Shmini and Tazria Mitzorah, Sheboen al Because the Gemara tells us that these skin diseases, Tzoras and these other things, are come because of arrogance. Question Can we explain the difference between humility? and an inferiority complex. An inferiority complex is something harmful. The, the answer is, it's, it's a delicate item. A person, humility means that I realize how great Hashem is, I realize I see the good in everybody else, and I consider everybody better than me, in order to be able to treat everybody with respect 
And in order that I shouldn't get upset and angry and insulted easily, easily, when somebody says something or does something to me that's showing a lack of respect for me, I shouldn't get offended, angry, shouldn't react in a wrong type of way. That's this, that's humility, that's this anava, but it, it goes together with positive thinking. It doesn't say that because, because I'm nothing, nobody, and I'm helpless, and I'm a lost cause. No, I'm not a lost cause. Because as small as I am, there are a hundred places in the Torah where Hashem says, I love the little guys. On Shabbos, we say nishmas, which is an incredible, incredible tefillah, the tefillah of nishmas. When I, when I, when I spent quality time with Rabbi Taitz, Zechron Avrocha, he told me that he could spend 20 minutes saying nishmas. It's so special a tefillah. And towards the end of nishmas, there are a few psukim there where it says, Shavas Aniim Atosishma Tzakas Hadal Takshir you, Hashem, listen especially to the prayers of the poor people, to the cry of the dal. Dal means the poorest of the poor. And there are other psukim like that. Before Shemayin Esrei, we say, the Oizer Dalim. Hashem helps especially the poor people, the little guys. So, so Anova goes together with, with positive thinking. It doesn't mean that I put myself down to the extent that I'm worthless, chas I'm not worthless, I am worth, but I consider everybody else before me. I consider everybody else better than me. Whereas inferiority complex is, is generally used to refer to where a person's, uh, where as a result of that, a person is not doing anything. A person has no motivation and, and, and angry and negative, all kinds of negativity. Any other questions? Many of the Sifri Musr, like Reishis Chachma, Mesilas Yishorim, or just about all of the famous Sifri Musr, have a chapter called Shar Ho'anova, where they quote all the sources in the Gemara, in the Medrash, in the Zohar Kodesh, that give a, a, a definition and that give you all of the Torah's definitions and examples of humility. And now, Rav Zalitz, now we go back to something we touched on in the previous year, that based on what we learned now, we could understand what Rabbi Nezal said one time on Purim, Shepurim hu tikun chet koirach, that the holiday of Purim is especially a tikun for the sin of koirach, shemerumaz bepasuk, and we find it <coughs> in a pasuk where it speaks about these skin diseases. It says there, ve'im mipaas ponov, yimoreit roishoi, and it says also close by to there, it says, Kereachu, he's bald, the person is bald headed, etc. And Kereach is the letters Koirach. Rab Nosanzal doesn't bring it here, but over there in Chaim Aran it mentions it. And if you take a look, you'll see where this Pasik is there in chapter 43 in Chumish Vayikra, around Pasik 41. So Rabbi Nosanzal said, we see Koirach mentioned there, Kereach. And the first letters of the im mipas ponav yimorit roishay spell the word purim. 
kikol pigam koirach hoyo machloikis. Because Paro's, because Koirach's major sin was that he made a rebellion against Moshe Rabbeinu, Shecholak al Hatsadeko Emes, Shehu Moshe, al Yidei Gasus Ruchoi Vegavosoi. What fueled Koirach's rebellion against, against Moshe Rabbeinu was his own arrogance. Kamaisham Rabbi Senazal, as the Medrash points out clearly, Vialkain Hatikun Bapurim. And therefore the holiday that addresses this in a very big way is Purim. Sha'oz Machni and Klipas Homonamolek. That's when we bring about the downfall of Homonamolek, Shahu Hageus, which is Gaiva. Remember, Homon has everybody bowing down to him, and he's comfortable with that. He enjoys that. And if one person isn't willing to bow down to him, he's willing to destroy a million people for that. And by us observing the holiday of Purim properly, by performing all the mitzvahs of Purim properly, through that we eliminate machlokes and we bring about sholim. Bechinas, as it says in the last line of Megillah Esther, the doiver sholim lechol that Mordechai Hatzadik broadcasted a message of peace to all of his children. The Megillah concludes with this, because that's the greatest accomplishment. And again, if you look at chapter 14 in Likut Imran, which this entire halacha is based on, it begins with that. It begins with, How do we bring peace to the world? And, and a major part of it had to do with this elimination of arrogance, haughtiness. If people don't consider themselves better than other people, then they won't fight with other people. They won't, they won't be able to murder other people. If, other, if I consider everybody else better than me, then for sure I wouldn't do harm to anybody else. We should be zeichet to see this. Any questions? Now we go into a, a new halacha. Hilchois kilei hakerem vekilei ilon. The laws regarding kilayim, forbidden combinations, forbidden mixtures in a vineyard, and also forbidden type of mixing two trees together. Halacha Aleph. This is the first halacha on this topic. Alpi hatoyrot tefila lechavakuk besimen yutesanal behilchesorlo. And this halacha will be based on the same chapter in the Kutimran, chapter 19, that we had in the earlier halachas of Hilchas Orla. Someone's, someone's microphone is on. The Torah refers to Loshen Kodesh as a language of oneness. Kamashapirish Rashi, as Rashi says, when the Torah tells us the story that there were a group of people that got together and they decided to wage war against heaven. They're going to build a tower of Bavel. They're going to build a ladder going up to heaven. They're going to do battle against Hashem. So when it introduces the story, it says the entire world at that time was speaking one language. Sofo Achas. And Rashi says, what was the one language? Loshna Kodesh. The language which Hashem used to create the world. Ki hakedusha hi achdus. 
kayadua, because holiness is is referred to usually as oneness, as is known. Rav Nosanzal brings a source, Medrash Rabbah, in Vayikra, chapter 4, paragraph 6, that Kedusha is oneness. Whereas the languages of the world are referred to as mishmash, mixture, kilayim, bechinas cheshboinois rabim. As it says in Koheles, Hashem says, I created man as one. And they searched for many. They were looking for many. This is a famous posset that's quoted in the Sifrei Kabbalah and Sifrei Hasidus, referring to Emune and Hashem. Our Emune and Hashem is Hashem Echad. The other nations, it's Elokim Acherim. It's plural. It's always plural. Jews are, are Ato Echad. On Shabbos, we say Ato Echad, Veshimcho Echad, Umi Ka'amcho Yisrael Goy Echad Bores. Hashem is one, the Jewish people are one. And the other nations are many, mixture. Bibchinas, as the Pasuk says there, that what Hashem ended up doing to those people who wanted to build this tower, Kishom Bolal Hashem Sfas that Hashem mixed up the languages of, of the people in the world, Umishom Hefitzon. And from there, Hashem spread them out. They ended up all getting spread out and separated. Shehem bechinas blulim umeurbovim mamish. The other nations are referred to as mixed up. Vezel bechinas kilayim, and that's also what kilayim. Kilayim means a mixture. Ki bechol minumin yeshboy oisios kefi sharoshay bechiusoy, because every single type of item in this world has letters in it. The letters that Hashem used to create that item based on its roots and based on how that item draws energy from Hashem. And when we take two different types and mix them together, it's like we're changing it from Lashon Kodesh, which is oneness, to the languages of the other nations, which is many. And that's why it's forbidden to plant kilayim into the ground, to put two different types of seeds right next to each other in the ground. Because the earth, the ground, is also represents Loshna Kodesh, as the Pasuk says in the beginning of creation, let the earth give forth living souls. And nefesh chaya hu bechinas hadibur. And we know that the term nefesh chaya refers also to speech. Kamei as it says, right also later, later on in, in the story of creation, vayehi ha'odom le nefesh chaya, man became a living organism, the targma, that is, a, a spirit that speaks. So we see nefesh chaya means speech. So when the Pesach says, ho'oretz, nefesh chaya, that oretz is associated with speech. Which speech? Loshen Kodesh. V'yalkein ho'oretz moitzia u'megadeles kol hadvorim shavoylam. 
And that's why the earth is what produces everything, everything in the world. Because the earth is like the mother, the woman, Chava, the woman, Shehi Eim Kol Choy. She is called the mother of all of creation. And this is why we find there's an expression in the Gemara that the woman is like Karka Oilam. She's like the earth. There the Gemara is speaking about Esther Hamalka in the fact that we know the Torah tells us that if a Jew is put to the test of having illicit relations or, or dying, a Jew is supposed to be willing to die rather than have illicit relations. And the Gemara discusses that there's a difference whether it's in public or private. If it's in private, then the person doesn't have to allow themselves to be killed. But if it's public, where it's a public desecration of Hashem, persons showing publicly that they're going against one of the most basic tenets of Torah, persons required to give up their life rather than do it. So the Gemara asks there about Achashverosh, that when Achashverosh took Esther into the palace, that was public knowledge, that was public. How was Esther allowed to submit? So the Gemara says, Esther Karka Oilam. She didn't participate in any way whatsoever. She was like the earth. She did not experience, take any pleasure whatsoever, or participate active. She was 100% passive. That's the wording of the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Esther Karka Oilam. Rabbi Nelson Zalhir says, Isha Karka Oilam. That we see that the, the term that's used in the Gemara is Karka. She's like the earth. Just like the woman is the woman is the one who produced all of mankind, the earth produces everything that we use, all the fruit, all the produce, the metals, and everything. And that's why it's forbidden for us to plant two different types together in the in the ground. So that we shouldn't thereby be giving energy and sustenance to the evil, to the ultimate evil, which is the languages of the other nations, from the earth. By us putting two different types of seeds close by together, we're, we're feeding the multitudes, we're feeding the other nations. And, and we're doing it min ha'oretz shehi bechinas loshen ha'kodesh. We said that we said that oretz represents loshen kodesh. V'alkein hazria biatzma asura, and therefore the planting is forbidden mikol shkein lechol, and especially and of course eating such a thing would be forbidden. V'alkein ho'isur hu be'eretz yisrael. And therefore, this Isur is primarily in Eretz Yisroel. Ki Eretz Yisroel, hu bechinas shleimus loshna kodesh, kemuvaleel. Because Eretz Yisroel represents perfection of loshna kodesh. It's called Eretz HaKodesh, the, the holy land of Eretz Yisroel. As Rab Nelson Zal discussed earlier in Hilchas Orla, Halach Aleph. Ki Eretz Yisroel nivchara mikol ha'aratzois li Yisroel. Because Eretz Yisrael was chosen out of all the other countries for the Jewish people. Veloshna Kodesh, Mikol Halashonos. And Loshna Kodesh was chosen to be the language of the Jewish people out of all the other languages. 
And the Jewish nation was chosen out of all the other nations to be Hashem's special nation. So all three of these are one. Whereas the other lands were given to, to the other nations. And that's why in Chutzlarts, in those other countries, there's no Isra of Kilayim. Because the 70 nations are Kilayim. They're a mixture, a melting pot. Bechinas kishom bolal Hashem svas, as we saw in the story of the Tower of Babel, that it says there Hashem mixed up all of their languages. osur. However, the rabbis added an isur. They said that rabbinically, a person is not allowed to do this even outside of Eretz Yisrael. Ki sheYisrael dorim shom because of the fact that Jews are living there outside of Eretz Yisrael, Yeshom Ktsas Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. It does possess a little bit of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. Kemoi mi Rabbeinu Neiro Yoyer. As I heard from Rabbeinu Zal, clearly, Shebechol Mokim Shedorim Yisrael, Hu Bechinas Eretz Yisrael. That wherever a Jewish community exists, it, it's, it's an aspect of Eretz Yisrael. We don't kiss the ground, Chashon, like we would in Eretz Yisrael, but it has some of the holiness, some of the properties of Eretz Yisrael. And that's why the rabbis decreed that outside of Eretz Yisrael also not allowed to plant Kilayim. Rabbi Nezal says in a chapter on Likut Imran that the Jews in exile are called B'nai HaGoyla. We used this word in the Shir yesterday. We spoke about Goyla versus Geula. The word Goyla, Gimel Vav Lamed Hey, makes up the first letters of the Pasuk, V'nishar Gamhu Leloikeinu. There's a Pasuk that says that in the future, in the future, not just Eretz Yisrael is going to belong to us, but all the other places are also going to belong to us. The theaters and the stadiums and everything it says are going to be transferred to Eretz Yisrael. So the first letters of Venishar Gamhulaylakenu spell the word Goyla. And Rabbi Nezal says there in the Quran that when the Jews settle in a place, they give that place, they acquire some of the atmosphere of Eretz Yisrael. They build yeshivas and shuls. We know what gives Eretz Yisrael its holiness? Yerushalayim. What gives Yerushalayim its holiness? The Beis Hamikdash. The, the, and, 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 and today, we don't have a Beis Hamikdash. Today, our shuls, our Botek Neisios and Botek Midrashos, that's called Mikdash Ma'at, a miniature Beis Hamikdash. So wherever there are shuls and yeshivas that are built, it's a bechina of Eretz Yisrael. V'alkein kilei hakerem chomor isuroi mo'oid beyoiser. And based on what we're learning here, based on chapter 19 in the Kutimran, we'll understand why kilayim, when it involves a vineyard, is the strictest laws of kilayim. Because as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 19 in the Kutimran, there's holiness and there's unholiness 
and there's a bridge in the middle. The unholiness cannot draw directly from holiness. It needs a bridge. The bridge is an intermediary. The bridge is noiga, which is good and bad. The bridge is targum. There's Lushen Kodesh, which is the language of the Jewish people. There are the 70 languages of the other nations. And there's Targum, which is somewhere in the middle. And Rabbi Nassau shows there that the only way that the other languages can draw energy from Lushen Kodesh is via Targum. Shehu Bechinas Eitz Hadas which is like the Eitz Hadas, which was a combination of good and bad. The Eitz Hadas Toivora Hu Gefen. And with we know that one of the opinions in the Gemara is that the Eitz Hadas was a grapevine. It was Geffen. The Medrash says Sochato Anovim that Chava squeezed grapes and gave it to Odomarishan to drink. And that's why the laws of Kilayim, as it pertains to a grapevine, are stricter. There the laws are strictest. V'alkein ikr ho'isur chito u'so'ira v'charzon b'mapoy l'siyad. And therefore, if you take a look in the Gemara, in the Shulchan Aruch, where it speaks about kilayim, the real isur of kilay hakerem is when you have a grapevine, when a person takes grape seeds and, and kernels of wheat and barley and plants all three together. So there's a combination, there's wheat, barley, and grape being planted together. Bemapoesad means being thrown down into the ground together. Ki be'emes be'ilonois ein zriois kilayim chomor kol kach. Kamesh Because the truth is, Rav Nassanzal says, if you take a look in the Shulchan Aruch, when it comes to mixing trees together, the Isr is not that strict. The Kilayim, the Isr of Kilayim is not that strict. As we find the Shulchan Aruch tells us, Shemuter la'arev zroim shel ilonois ushar zroim ulezorim. We're allowed to mix together seeds of different trees or, or different types of seeds and plant them together. Ki be'ilonois ein ho Isr kilayim chomer kol Because regarding trees, the Isra of Kilayim is not so strict. Why? Because trees generally are tall. They go above the ground and, and they grow to different heights. And a tree is something substantial. It's not like a stalk of wheat or something that's like nothing, you know, it's, it's a pushover. A tree is something substantial. They don't get mixed up together. You know. And therefore, Hashem, when Hashem issued the command that trees should grow forth from the ground and grass should come forth, all the different types of vegetation, when Hashem spoke, addressed the issue of trees, he did not specify that each tree should go, come forth according to its species. Rach bezroim. It's only when it came to seeds, grass, things like that, other types of vegetation. Ki ilonois odom. Because trees, in some ways, are like man. As it says clearly in the Torah, Ki ha'odom eitz hasodeh. Man is compared to a tree. 
And therefore, trees are much closer to holiness than grass or other lower-level vegetation. And therefore, the, sitra, the forces of tumor, of evil, of negativity, are not, are not able to attach themselves to trees as easily as to these other things, these other types of vegetation. And therefore, they don't get mixed up, and they are not forbidden based on the laws of Kilayim, unless you actually graft them together, you actually mamish force them to become attached one, one to another. As it says there in Yoridei and Shulchan Aruch, speaking about these laws. However, when it comes to a grapevine and you want to plant wheat and barley in a place where grapevines are, you want to put down the seeds for the grape, to grow the grapevine and seeds for wheat and barley together, there it's very forbidden. Because the grapevine is like the Eitz Hadas. <coughs> we know again when it comes to wine, it's, it's this combination of good and bad. The Gemara says wine is called Tiroish. Why? Because it can go either way. It could be Tihiroish. A person could drink wine and it'll expand their consciousness. Or Tihirosh. Or it can impoverish the person. It can make a person senseless. Person gets drunk and becomes senseless. So we see that geffen, wine, <coughs> geffen, grapes, wine, are this bechina of targum in this sense, <coughs> which is most vulnerable. Alkain, ikur ho isur, shehem kilayim, And that's why the main isur of kiliakerim is when you have two different species of grain, wheat and barley. Without the, besides the grapevine, the gam chartsan besuchan, and you add a grape seed together with those other two. Azai hu kile hakerem. That becomes what the Torah calls kile hakerem, she'isuroi chomor moid, which is extremely forbidden. Ki oz yoinkim hakilayim hanal min hakedusha. Because now this mixture is drawing from holiness. It's, it's able, we're enabling it to draw from holiness, from Loshen Kodesh, from via that grape seed. That's where the Sitrachra has its Yenika from. And then it gets all mixed together and becomes extremely forbidden. We'll just finish the paragraph and we'll take questions. <clears throat> and this is why the Torah writes, when it speaks about the law of how forbidden it is to have Kiliakerem, it says Pentikdash, <clears throat> because this might result in having to burn the whole thing. <clears throat> the word tiktash there means to burn. But the word tiktash also means miloshen koidesh. Hefech shleimus loshna koidesh. This is the opposite of perfection of loshna koidesh, shehu koidesh mamish, which is really holy. 
And when the Kedusha becomes damaged and it falls down, then it becomes the category of Tikdash, which means to be destroyed. Which refers to the, the falling and, and damaging of Loshna Kodesh. And this is why the Gemara says in Kiddushim, Tukad Eish, a fire will burn. The word Tikdash is Tukad Eish, a fire will take hold of it. Because when the Torah speaks about the Sitrachra, Klipois, the Torah says, Ki the, the forces, the negative forces come from fire and are destroyed by fire. We know that the Zohar Kodesh refers to Cham. Cham was the son of, of Noyach who disgraced Noyach. And the Zohar Kodesh says, Cham is a nickname for the Yetzirah, the Mechamein Gufei de Barnash, because the Yetzirah heats up a person with a passion for sin. It's brought that the word Yitzra, Yitzra, which is a nickname for the Yetzirah, Yitzra Bisha, the word Yitzra is Bigematria Eish, fire, showing that fire represents the Sitrachra, this, the, as Rabbein Zal over there at the end of chapter 19 expounds on this, on this posuk, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that we will throw, we will place hot coals on their head. All of this is discussed in chapter 19 in the Kutiran, which speaks about perfection of Loshna Kodesh. So again, Loshna Kodesh is Kedusha. The Sitra Achra is this fire, this Pentikdash Amaleya, this destructive fire. Once again, by the fact that Rab Nosanzal refers to Rabbeinazal as Rabbeinu Neiro Yoyer, it means he wrote this halacha while Rabbeinazal was still living. Rabbeinazal, during his lifetime, had already told Rab Nosanzal at one point in time, I want you to be Mechadesh in Torah. This was after Rab Nosanzal, we just learned this recently in Chaimaran, after Rab Nosanzal had spent a lot of time learning Shulchan Aruch, and Rabbeinazal instructed him to learn Kabbalah. And now Rabbeinazal told him, take that package, put it together, and I want you to look at the halachas and, and bring out the, the, the chasidus and the Kabbalah within the halacha. Make a, a perfect marriage between them, which he did. Any questions? Hmm. A, question, a question in the chat. Going back to what we discussed in the previous halacha, how does a person prevent their humility from being taken advantage of <coughs> and, re- and the person being regarded as a fool, a sucker, that kind of thing? The answer is that it's extremely important to know when a person has to stand up for things, <coughs> when it involves Hashem's kavod, when it involves kavod respect for Torah, respect for Talmud Chacham, there a person is not allowed to allow themselves to be insulted or degraded. A person has to stand up for what's right. When a person is being insulted, degraded personally, if they want, they can accept that. They can accept that as an incredible form of tshuva, of cleansing of the neshama. 
But when the insults, when the or a person's taking advantage of someone, that kind of thing, in a way that'll be harmful to them or to their family or children, there a person doesn't have to just put their head down. A person's allowed to stand up for themselves, but at the same time, again, always remembering that there's a Hashem. When somebody does something to me, <clears throat> does something terrible to me, one of the ways I can react is kas, screaming at them, or throsa, you know, Kas, anger. Anger is the opposite of humility because anger means you're raising your voice or you're doing something without being aware that Hashem is in the room. I don't care who said, who did what or who said what to me. We're all in the presence of Hashem. In the presence of Hashem, there are certain things that I can't say and can't do. So I'm thinking carefully. There, there are times even when a person has to raise their voice, but everything, again, within the boundaries of recognizing that I am not the king of the world. There is a king. Hashem is the king of the world. And we are all functioning within the presence of Hashem, always remembering that and being able to conduct myself within those means. Rabbi Nezal does write in, there's a small, there's several chapters on the Quran where he speaks about humility, one of the smaller ones, Rabbi Nezah writes that humility doesn't mean walking in the street with your head down like this, because that, that's moichen katnus, that's constricted consciousness, that can bring a person down. That, Rabbi Nezah says a person has to pray for anova amiti, true, true humility. And Rabbi Nezah says there that it's, it's not simple and it's not easy. This is something that requires a lot of learning, learning a lot of Torah, and seeing how did the rabbis respond in different scenarios. When did they stand up tall? There's a pasuk, Vayigba liboi bedarke Hashem. Rabbi Nezal quotes that pasuk, saying there are times that a person has to <clears throat> be proud, but a healthy pride, not an arrogant haughtiness. Proud of the fact that Baruch Hashem, I got up this morning on time. Baruch Hashem, I went to, sh- I put on tzitzis, I put on film to take healthy pride in all the good things that I've done or all the wonderful way Hashem is treating me, all the good things Hashem is doing for me. And at the same time, maintaining this humility. And Rabbein Azal writes there and in other places that this is one of the, this is one of the most important things and this is the highest level and therefore, it's not so easy to achieve. It requires a lot of learning, and especially tefillah, pleading with Hashem, Hashem, show me what is anova amiti, what's true humility. Not that I'm fooling, I'm, I'm trying to fool other people to make them think I'm humble, or I'm fooling myself and, and applying it the wrong way. Should be to emulate the tzaddikim, the tzaddikim amitiyam, Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu Zal, all the true tzaddikim, Avram Avinu, who said, I'm dust and ashes, Dovr HaMelech said, I'm a worm, all the tzaddikim, the true tzaddikim, have this incredible quality of humility, we should be zeichet to know how to apply it to ourselves, and be zeichet to the Geula Shleima, B'mheru B'yameinu, Amen V'yameinu. Rabbi, it's, it's Wednesday, Parsha Shavuot. <laughs> Parsha Shavuot is Parsha Vayichi, <coughs> Right? Or Vayigash? No, Vayigash. I'm sorry, we're still in Vayigash. Exactly as he was Mikates. Vayigash is an incredible... Vayigash, Yehuda approaches Yosef, it says. 
Vaigash Elav Yehuda, and Yehuda gives, makes a, gives a speech to Yosef HaTzadik. And the Zohar Kodesh says, Do Tikrufta Malka Bamalka. These are the two kings of the Jewish people coming together. There's Moshiach ben Yosef and Moshiach ben David, who comes from Yehuda. So this, this parsha is telling us about how we, what leads up to the coming of Moshiach. <clears throat> it's the final showdown between Yosef HaTzadik and his brothers. And we see Yosef HaTzadik crying, you know, when he sees that the brothers feel genuine regret. Rashi says there, Yosef cried, why? Because he saw that they really regretted the mistakes that they made. And then he and everything turns out fabulous. You know, there's an incredible celebration, which is a message to us that by us doing genuine tshuva and being able to feel sincere regret for our mistakes and try to do what we can to correct them, and by the brothers coming together, by Jews getting out of machloikis, trying to avoid saying anything and thinking negative about any Jews, about the people who are in the army, or the people who are not in the army. All are, every, everyone is in Hashem's army. One guy's a musician, there's the band in the army, and there's the rabbi in the army, and there's the guy holding the gun, and there's the person who's typing and stra- all, we're all in Hashem's army. We should be to, to see the proper achdus that Rav Nosenzal spoke about here, that the other nations, they're mishmash. The Jewish people are not mishmash. We are, we are echod. We should be to a healthy achdus, which will bring about the Gula Shlema. Amen.